The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This is the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Well, another mediocre grade for Alberta when it comes to children's nutrition. The 2018 Nutrition Report Card gave the province uh, C when it comes to making healthy choices. The easy choice when it comes to food for kids. Uh, yeah, for sure. It comes in a new report on helping kids make good food choices. One of the authors of that report is Kim Rain, a registered dietitian at the School of Public Health here at the University of Alberta. She joins us on the phone now. Welcome. Hi. All right, so perhaps you can give us an overview of what the report said, first of all, and then we'll pick it apart a little bit. Sure. So this is the fourth annual report we've actually done in this area. We have uh, 35 different indicators that we grade, um, and this is not on what kids are eating, but it's around that what they're exposed to in the environments and whether or not it promotes them making healthy choices. This year, we actually zeroed in on about 15 of those indicators that had specific um, implications for the municipal sector. So what can municipalities do to make it easier for kids to eat healthier? Okay, so we're talking in general. I, when, I first read the, uh, when I first read the story of this, I thought we were talking in just very general terms, or uh, sorry, I should say in specific terms about what our schools are feeding the kids or whatever, but this is just in general the nutrition of our children. So this is No, really, no, no. Okay. It is very specific. There are 37 different indicators. So one of them, for example, is what are our schools feeding our kids? Okay. Yeah, and one is what's available in recreation facilities for kids to eat. That's under the municipality focus. Ah, okay, gotcha. So I know one of the recommendations was was that the Canadian government should introduce food labeling, for example. But how would that, and I'm asking honestly, do, kids don't read labels, do they? <laughs> um, but their parents do. And we are looking at in trying to uh, have environments that support parents in making healthy choices for their kids or support parents in having their own messages be heard. So, for example, around the, the food labeling, maybe the kids aren't reading the food labels, but parents do want to know what's um, in that uh, uh, cereal. Is it sugar-coated or is it, is it something that is a good choice for their kids? And, um, you know, so, so that's the, the labeling piece. And, and when we think about, you know, the other kinds of information that is out there, a lot of the information that kids and parents are exposed to comes from advertising. And so one of our recommendations as well is to decrease the amount of advertising that kids are exposed to. How so? How, how would you do that? Well, actually, what's really interesting and quite exciting is just two days ago, um, the uh, Senate Bill 228, which was uh, introduced by Senator Nancy Greenrain, um, is on reducing marketing of unhealthy foods and beverages to children, and it passed third reading in the, in the uh, Parliament, so it's going back to Senate for a final vote. They've actually had restrictions on marketing of unhealthy foods and beverages to children in Quebec Mm -hmm. for over two decades. And so it is possible. It means things like, uh, for example, during times when kids are watching television, you know, so peak viewing times, that there aren't any child-directed advertisements. So there might still be an advertisement for a fast food restaurant, but it would be people in suits going to... 
to the fast food restaurant on their lunch break, not uh, uh, something that is very much geared towards kids with cartoons and characters and all of that kind of thing. Um, And locally, we can have an influence on that as well. When you think about what kind of advertising do we put on our um, uh, transit, is is this something on school buses? Are is there, are there advertising for junk food there? Mm-hmm. Are the um, the covers that are used in schools for for textbooks do those have advertising of unhealthy foods and beverages? Um, because typically they do. Kim, what about, um, um, you know, fast food outlets in close proximity to schools? I know, I think there's a McDonald's right across the street from my husband, the high school that he works at. And you can bet that uh, I think probably a lot more kids go over there than than pack their lunches. Did you look at that? And and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we did look at that. And actually, that was one of our lower grades. We gave a D. Um, We looked at both Calgary and Edmonton. We also looked at some of the smaller communities. We looked at high-level Westlock Sundry, just to get a smattering of what's happening outside of the bigger centers. Um, And what we found is that um, less than 30% of the schools in all of these different jurisdictions have absolutely no fast food or convenience stores within walking distance, within a 500-meter buffer. And 20 to 30% of schools have five or more Mm. within walking distance. So there certainly is a lot of exposure, and um, that uh, is is particularly of concern when kids are in junior high and high school because they're able to leave the grounds, you're right, you know, at their lunchtime and that kind of thing. What's interesting is that when we look sort of globally at what's happening in this area, um, again, the province of Quebec is sort of leading in this area. They have a few municipalities who have developed what they call school zones around schools, sort of um, healthy zones, um, so that uh, prevents uh, new um, fast food outlets from being uh, put into those areas. Um, in, in the U.S., the city of Detroit has done this. In the U.K., city of East London has, has done this. So there's other jurisdictions who have, have placed these sort of safety zones around schools. It obviously makes it a challenge for w- ones that already exist, but it also includes things like convenience stores. And sometimes, you know, so in the city of Toronto, what they've done is they've actually worked with convenience store owners to make them healthy corner stores. So the healthy stuff goes up front um, and the more convenient stuff, especially during school hours, is, is sort of kept more undercover. But I think in the end, and I, and I remember when I was in high school, Kim, and I've got to say, you know, I, I could walk right past the apples at the front of a store and go straight for the Mars bar, right? I mean, if, if kids have it in the mind, that's what they're going to go and get, that's what they're going to get. So it's got to be, you got to back it way, way up. I mean, this isn't happening overnight. This is going to be almost like a generational thing. Let me add to that question uh, for you, because as I listened to you speak, I was thinking about, okay, so doesn't this start with parenting, though? I mean, when you tell your kids, I packed you a lunch, you are not going to McDonald's, or I packed you a lunch, do not grab anything, or I gave you $5, it's not to be spent at a convenience store on chocolate. Parenting certainly has a big role to play, but what we see is that some of these policy 
um, implementation uh, issues could really support parents. So, for example, I'm a dietitian. I'm a registered dietitian. My children are grown now, but when they were growing up, you know, okay, I was a bad mother. I occasionally let them watch television <laughs> while I was cooking supper. Um, Shame so on you. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I say, I say that a little facetiously. But, you know, so they're watching television. What we know from the research is that over a half an hour, um, in in one television show on a children's show on, on a children's channel, those kids are seeing between three and um, four ads for unhealthy foods hmm. in a half an hour. Okay, so I'm a dietitian. For in in one half an hour, I'm not saying to them, no, you should eat healthy three or four times. So it's it's around the amount of exposure. So what we see is with some of these policy um, interventions, the idea is to support parents so that they don't have to be constantly nagging, mm. so that the healthier choice is what's available. So when you're at a recreation facility, which also scored a D, for example, you come out of... You, you go to a recreation facility, you go to a hockey arena, you go to a swimming pool to be physically active, to be healthy, <laughs> to be active. And you come out and what are your choices? Hot dogs, poutine, pop. Um, you know, it's 89% of the main meals offered at concessions in the recreation facilities that we surveyed would be considered poor choices. Mm-hmm. They would not by any, come anywhere close to meeting the Alberta Nutrition Guidelines for Children and Youth. Well, first so of all, you're making me hungry. But secondly, <laughs> <laughs> so here's the issue, because I was going to, I was sort of debating asking you about this because you looked at children. I was thinking about universities and what food courts look like in universities, right? Mm-hmm. But now that mm-hmm. you brought up rec centers, that actually solves my problem because we can talk about rec centers. What I was going to say about university is that I was quite surprised, I'd even use the word shocked, uh, to go to the U of A and see what was available to university students because when I was in university, the food you got was at the cafeteria and it was Beaver Foods uh, who, you know, catered it and it was, you could easily have balanced meals there with your Mm -hmm. food program. I'm old enough that we didn't have fast food. Mm. But the reason they have fast food in universities and I would assume rec centers as well is that in order to uh, compensate for the shortfall in funding that they need, they get paid by these uh, franchises, franchises to, yeah. to locate, right? Yeah. So therein lies another problem where you say to a rec center, hey, don't have fast food there, have healthy food there. And they say, great, who's going to make up the short mm-hmm. the shortfall in funding? So that is definitely something that we hear. We actually have another research project that's looking specifically at trying to work with recreation facilities to make them healthier. And what we have found is that that is the number one complaint. But very often what happens is when the change is made, so if it's not a franchise, but if it's sort of your your your, your uh, local um, you know, mom and pop uh, uh, concession, and they make the change. They they do not lose money. Um, they uh, they just find that they sell more of the healthier stuff. We have one recreation facility that I can think of um, in particular. They traded in their deep fryer for what they call a cold table, so that they could put out you know um, foods, fresh foods for hmm. people to choose from, like a, like a salad bar kind of thing. And that that for them was a huge made a huge impact. The parents wanted the kids to eat healthy. Many of the kids, especially those kids when they're, when they're um, you know, around adolescents and they're trying to be competitive, they want to make the NHL, they want to, you know, they want to do well, they, they get the message that nutrition is going to give them an edge, and they want to eat healthy, okay? So, you know, so the, the idea is, is that instead of 89% of the stuff being crap, let's make 
most of it healthy and leave a few treats in there. So we're, our, we haven't set the bar, I don't think, too high. We've said 75% meets the nutrition guidelines for Alberta nutrition guidelines for children and youth. That gives you 25% to play with. Um, so, you know, it's just if what's available, like you said, when you went to university, what was available to you was healthy. That's so right. You, yeah, so you had that ability to choose that. That's not the case now. And I think what we've done is we've gotten sucked into this vortex of thinking that um, getting um, um, bailed out by a fast food outlet is going to help solve all of our problems. And I don't necessarily think that that mm. is the way we need to be going and that that is the way that um, uh, that it has to keep going. That's well, and I don't, you know what, it's a problem that needs to be solved, and I don't want to point fingers. It is fingers. a problem that needs to be Yeah, solved. and I don't want to point fingers, but I kind of will. When, you, when I think about my university experience, not only did I have a healthy choice of food, and the menu set each day, so you were getting a selection of food. You got two choices, basically. But it was also at set times. So you got in the habit of eating breakfast between these hours, lunch between these hours, and supper between these hours. So you got into a just a habit of, which is also healthy, not to be eating at 2 in the morning or whatever, right? right. Um, the problem I have with it is that these days... Fast food is cheaper than healthy food, people will tell you. Mm. And I'm talking about yeah. parents who are, you know, rushed and, and busy and putting together supper. So no matter what we're doing at rec centers or high schools, I feel like they're learning at home that fast food is always an alternative to cooking. Yeah, it's a culture change that we need to turn around. Um, and, and, and we're not talking about going back to the 50s and having moms stay at home. But I think what, what has happened is that um, we have developed this culture where we think that buying something at a fast food restaurant is going to solve the issue and that pre-prepared um, convenience foods are going to solve the issue. We're seeing more and more that um, companies are coming out and trying to um, offer healthy alternatives that are still convenient. And, and, and we really need to get behind that. I mean, we're obviously not going back to a point where we're all growing our own food in our own butt. We're, we're dependent Jeez, on the food industry, right? Yeah. Um, but the food industry doesn't all have to be big and bad. Kim, we're um, pretty much out of time, unfortunately. If people want to find out, um, read more about this and the recommendations, is there an, an easy one-stop shopping place that they can go to? There sure is. Um, so it's the website at the Center for Health and Nutrition at the University of Alberta, but we have a really short URL. Awesome. UAB.ca yep. slash NRC, which stands for Nutrition Report Card. All right, Kim, Good thank stuff. you so much. Appreciate you taking the time and have a great weekend. Thank you, you All too. All right, thank you so Bye -bye. much. Dr. Kim Rain from the University of Alberta. Uh, yeah, child, childhood obesity in Canada is a uh, is a uh, is a big deal, not just with um, with adults, but with with kids as well. And they're saying right now that nearly a third of school age Canadian children are overweight or obese. Not surprised, and I'm going to take full blame for it. Full blame for it.
We've talked before about how, you know, a pizza in my place and or most yep. kids' uh, places that are now my age was that craft dinner thing, yeah, right? Yeah. And when you got old enough and realized there was such a thing as a real pizza, you ordered it, right? And burgers were something that was a real treat. It, to go to A&W yeah, yeah. was once a month, maybe, right? And, and when I got done with my childhood and I was out making the decisions myself, I started eating fast yeah. and junky food, right? Because I rewarded myself for not having a parent telling me I couldn't do it. Well, guess what? I became a parent. And then you know what happens, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I introduce my children to fast food, yep. and they're going to introduce their children to fast food. So I don't know that the problem is in advertising. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the problem is in location. I think it's in education of parents that we yeah. need to stop yeah. and think about what we're feeding our kids. not switching overnight. Agreed. All right. Uh, it's 2.55 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. We'll get to the 3 o'clock news on the other side. Let's talk hunting and hunting uh, education, conservation. Interesting con- conversation coming up. The 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chet.